okay. You keep coming back here, and I just really hope that you're not let down, you know? Welcome all fellow wannabes, welcome to the channel. I am Gabriel Fast, I do claim to be the wannabe critic. Today we're gonna be reviewing an album as part of our new music review series. You know, if you've been paying attention at all, you would know that, uh, you know, Foo Fighters was was the last band that we talked about, or that I talked about. And, uh, you know, Foo and Review is officially over. It's officially done. If you checked out the first, uh, you know, video we did for My Chemical Romance, you would know that, you know, hot takes is a thing. You can go check that out if you like spicy peppers and you want to see me and my friends react to spicy peppers, then, then that's for you. Today, I'm just riding solo. I'm just doing my own thing. Today, I am, in fact, talking about one of the, uh, you know, biggest, biggest albums for me personally as, as a music lover, very instrumental to me. Um, today, we are talking about My Chemical Romance, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Now, My Chemical Romance really kind of rose to power, so to speak, in the mid-2000s. Uh, but in the early 2000s is kind of where they originally got their stride. Of course, the album I Brought You Bullets, You Brought Me Love was their first record, originally released in 2002. And if you had heard our review on that, you would know, uh, well, depending on whenever this comes out, we had basically kind of talked about how this was kind of like the groundwork for what My Chemical Romance would become. Raw, full of emotion, full of talent, and ultimately very, very emotional. But their sophomore album is really what kind of helped them grow to be the powerhouses that we know as My Chemical Romance. That was really what paved the way for them to do so, um, is this record, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, which was released in 2004. And, you know, basically throughout that those years, 2004 to like 2006 is whenever the album uh, really, really continued to maintain hype. Shortly, you know, reigning in what what's arguably their most popular album or definitely is their most popular album, uh, The Black Parade. But we're not talking about The Black Parade today. We are talking about Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. And here on the Apple's editor's notes, it says, On their mainstream breakthrough, My Chemical Romance, Flash, Impressive Hardcore, Metal, and Goth Punk Bonafides. While the mosh fomenting Give Em Hell Kid and To The End boast charred guitars and Gerard Way's vocal desperation. Yet Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge shows an obsession with duality. Lyrics contrast life and death, pleasure and pain, darkness and light. This adds thematic depth and gives mellower moments like the cure-esque grayscale moodiness of the ghost of you room to flourish. Now, that's just a really fancy way of saying that this is super duper emo. A lot of people say like, oh, you know, like My Chemical Romance, like that's not really emo music. If you listen to My Chemical Romance, like, you know, there were always the people that like piggybacked off of the Black Parade and, you know, the people who had real problems listened to this album. <laughs> I'm not, of course, I'm joking. But, you know, I was never really like a goth kid or anything like that. This album just genuinely spoke to me as a young person. Um, you know, it just was really impactful on me and, and really kind of impressive to me as a young person. Without this album, I don't know if I would come to appreciate the albums that inspired this one, <laughs> if that makes sense. But it is kind of crazy how you can definitely tell, you can definitely hear the influences from Queen. You can hear the influences from Black Sabbath. You can hear the influences from The Cure. You can hear the influences uh, from, Pink, from Pink Floyd, even. Even more so on the later records, especially The Black Parade. But all those influences are definitely present here as well. Obviously, track number one, uh, Helena, So Long and Good Night. 
uh, was kind of their one of their first real big hits. You know, it was kind of the they had you know the the music video with them dancing in the background at a funeral. You know, like the girl gets up out of the casket and starts dancing. You know, while everyone's kind of praying and no one would ever see what was going on. It just kind of paints like a really vivid picture of kind of like what's said in the edit editor's notes here. Just really paints an interesting picture of how we view death. You know, as people. Very 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 emotional song and 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 what a great way to start a, an album. This is really where my love for My Chemical Romance started. A lot of people, you know, started, their love started with track number five, which is not, I'm not okay, I promise. And that's really kind of what got them notoriety to begin with. This whole album is good, obviously, but th this was definitely one of the breakout songs that helped them become popular. Then track two is Give Him Hell Kid, which is just a solid follow-up to, you know, track number one, Helena So Long Good Night, and it just flows pretty seamlessly. And the storytelling and, and just the composition uh, is, is very smart, in my opinion, because it gives us the idea of what have I gotten myself into as you begin to start this record, and it doesn't stop from there. He calls the mansion, not a house, but a tomb He's always choking from the stench and the fume The wedding party all collapsed in the room So send my To the End is obviously one of the more gothic songs on the album of uh, kind of painting pictures of very, there's just no other way to say it, very adult things, you know, like like drugs and having having a problem with that, yet being able to love somebody despite all those flaws that they might have um, it's, 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 it's sad. It's tragic, essentially, is what it is. And that's, that's the best way to put this album. And, and a lot of these songs is tragedy, is what we find in a lot of these songs. In the middle of a gunfight, in the center of a Track number four, you know what they do to guys like us in prison. If you're a fan of My Chemical Romance, you know what this song's about. Not gonna go into detail on it. Don't really want to. Track number five, as I mentioned before, I'm not okay. I promise. This was really the big, the big hitter. This is what got them to be very popular. This is this is really the powerhouse. I would, you know, I would argue there was people who were fans of My Chemical Romance, but this was like what helped them get into the mainstream was this song. And you know, essentially, it just, it's really just. I mean, it's self-explanatory. You know, you have feelings for a girl, you have thing with a girl, and girl acts a certain way that does not um, make you happy. And it's one of those things, it's like you see this girl doing these things and acting this way with some other person, uh, or just maybe not even, maybe not even another person, just in general. And whenever someone asks you like, you know, what's wrong, what's going on, are you okay? It's pretty, you know, the, the, the easy answer is to be like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. But the hard thing to say is I'm not okay. You know, I'm not okay with what's going on and you're not gonna get it because you don't feel the same way as me. Again, tragedy, but it's just such a big sounding song at the same time. It is, uh, it's meant to evoke emotion and make you think, yet it totally belongs, you know, in an arena, in my opinion. Like, you, you could have people screaming this song. To My Chemical Romance's credit, they have had people screaming this song back at them multiple times. So, super duper popular song, super duper good song. My favorite two tracks off the album are tracks six and seven, which are The Ghost of You and The Jet Set Life Is Gonna Kill You. Mostly because, you know, The Ghost of You had a really good, it, it also had a really good music video. Again, just kind of exploring the theme of tragedy, you just, you feel it. You feel what he's trying to say, 
whether it's you've lost somebody and you're trying to cope with that thing. And, you know, we use ghost kind of loosely here, in my opinion, is it's not necessarily that that someone has passed on and, and their ghost is haunting you or the ghost of that person is haunting you. For me, this song really speaks more to the way that person made me felt. I will never be able to let that go. I will never be able to, to not feel that way. The imprint that person made on me is not going to go away. Therefore, it will be haunting me for the rest of my life. It makes you think about your loved ones. It makes you think about your past relationships. It makes you think about people you don't want to lose. It's just very striking. It's a very striking and pointed song, and I think it executes what it tries to do. It leads very seamlessly into the jet set life is going to kill you, like, you know, leads right into it. And uh, arguably, I think the jet set life is going to kill you probably has some of the prettiest vocals from Gerard Way uh, on this album. Essentially, the idea, it's pretty self-explanatory, just going and going and going and going and going until there's nothing left. I mean, you're just going to essentially burn out. Think about, like, those people that, like, you can tell, like, sometimes you'll see somebody and, like, they're looking a little rough and you're like, oh, man, well, they've led a, they've led a hard life, right? I mean, always going and doing the thing and saying yes to the thing, even whenever you know it's going to be detrimental to you. It's it's always, uh, it, it is never going to be good for you. It's never going to be in your favor to always say yes to those things. Then we have an interlude, which has always been kind of gibberish to me, but it still sounds kind of good. Track nine is Thank You For The Venom. Super fast-paced, super headbanger-esque, super-duper aggressive song, and uh, it's just fun to jam to. Hang Em High is also just another, you know, just another really aggressive song. Uh, I would say it's the most metal-esque. Still featuring some pretty good vocals and, and, and showcasing the talent within the band. The production really shows its work here uh, and really shows that they had good production behind this record. Ultimately, when you listen to it, it probably sounds like it would have been a hard song to execute in the studio and have the feeling that it does have. And that makes me wonder like, okay, I wonder what kind of tricks were used here. I wonder what kind of, I wonder how much editing actually was done to this song because it sounds pretty raw. Whenever you can make a song sound tight while feeling just really, really aggressive and raw at the same time, I think that's just not only showing I don't think that I think that's not only showcasing the pr the production side, but also just how talented the bandmates really are. Then we go to track eleven, which is "It's Not a Fashion Statement; It's a Death Wish." Another tragic song, honestly, uh, just kind of full of emotion. You know, it's the most it's one of the most emo tracks on the album, I think. If you say like My Chemical Romance is emo, the true emo fans like get all up in arms and it's like, oh, this isn't real emo. It's like, well, this sounds pretty emo to me. So I guess I'm not true emo, which look at the way I'm dressed. I, I don't know. You know, it's always it's always the funny ones you got to watch out for. You know what I mean? Then we have track 12, Cemetery Drive, another super duper tragic song. I mean, it's just this whole album is just like darkness and sadness and tragedy and anger and love and all of the emotions that really make your heart hurt <laughs> is all featured here. And I think Cemetery Drive is definitely one of those focal points within the album. I say it's sad 
you still bump this album. I mean, I still think it's a great album to listen to, but I also think it's one of those ones where if I hear a certain song, I have to stop and listen to the entire thing. And it's a, it's a really, really good song to have on vinyl, uh, in my opinion. Then we have track 13, which is I Never Told You What I Do For A Living. Another example of tragedy. I feel like I keep on repeating that, but I mean, that's just, there's that, there's no other way to put it. It's also, it's just whimsical. You feel like you know what these guys have gone through, even though you really don't, which is a really rare thing to have on an album, I think. I think the, the songwriting here is amazing. The musicianship is awesome. The vocals are on point. The, the, the execution and the way it's trying to make you feel, it just does it. And I think if you, if you, some people wall their problems off, some people don't want to feel, and, and you know, that's fine. But for those of us who are a little more vulnerable or allow ourselves to feel something, whether it be, you know, through any type of medium, especially music, I think that this song is definitely another focal point that while I'm not talking about going to cemeteries and, you know, doing drugs and things like that, I think that there's things in this song that can speak to personal things that, that I've been through. It doesn't have to directly correlate to what the song is actually about to make me feel or, or think about certain things that I've gone through. And whenever music can do that, that's truly, I think, the best form of expression ever. Because, you know, you talk, you think about bands that get asked questions about what, you know, what the song is about. And a lot of people will say, well, this is what I thought of whenever I wrote it. But then whenever someone else gives their interpretation of it, oftentimes bands will be like, oh, I never really thought of it that way, but that could totally work. I think that's a huge example of not only what track 13 does, as I never told you what I did for a living, but also the entire record. I, I think this entire thing, if you allow yourself to just think about your life and think about the hard things that you've been through, this album is a perfect catalyst to help you work through those things. And, you know, for me personally, I'm glad this album exists. That's all I have to say. There you have it. My Chemical Romance, three cheers for Sweet Revenge. As you can see, as I've said before, I do have it on vinyl. And uh, if only if only we could get them, you know, to, 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 to do an interview, that'd be great. I feel like, did I buy the red one? No, I don't. There's another vinyl I have that's red, but I really wanted the red edition of this one because that would have been, you know, dope. But anyways, thanks for sitting through that. I really appreciate it. You know, I, I hope my thoughts came through. My throat's a little dry, you know what I mean? Coors, Cobra Kai never dies. Anyways, uh, I appreciate you guys listening to this. It really means a lot. This album's very, per this album and band is is very personal to me. Um, and I, I could talk about I could talk about this band, you know, for hours. So here we are, uh, My Chemical Romance. You know, revisiting My Chemical Romance is in full swing. I'm super happy to be doing it, and I'm super happy to have you along with the ride. You know, with me, whether you're a video watcher or an audio listener, I really, really appreciate it. If you have ideas of, a, of an album you want me to do, let me know in the comments down below. I'm, I'm trying to think of a good way, you know, to incentivize and potentially, you know, make sure that the albums that you actually want to hear me talk about get heard. Because here's the thing. I'm always going to have these series that I do with bands and their whole discography because that's what I want to do. But unless you tell me what you want to do, what you want me to do, I don't know what you want me to do. And if you don't want me to do anything, then why are you here? I'm so confused. But in reality, if you want to hear me, review a certain album, let me know in the comments down below and I will add it to the slate and I will do it in addition to the rest of the content that I'm doing. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for checking this out. And before I go, 
please check this out. Whatever possessed you to check out the podcast or the YouTube channel today, I just want to say thank you so much for doing so. Uh, if this is your first time here, I, I would appreciate it, you know, if you would consider subscribing. As you can tell, it's not just me here anymore. I mean, I do do stuff by myself, but the podcast is going to reside here from now on, uh, you know, in video form. So if you want to see more content, if you want to be notified, you know, every time we post something, whether it be a clip, a podcast, a review, an interview, whatever it may be, if it's gaming stuff, make sure you click that bell and hit the subscribe button, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for sticking around, and thank you for preparing yourselves for a plethora of hot takes and potentially unpopular opinions. I'm Gabriel Fast. I will always be the wannabe critic. <laughs>